St. Paul instructs us in our second reading today, first of all, I ask that supplications, prayers, and petitions, and thanksgiving be offered for everyone, for kings, and for all those in authority. St. Paul urges us to offer prayers, thanksgiving, and petitions for kings. I think where we sit right now, it's a very interesting request from St. Paul. Clearly, our world is captivated by the royal family. When Queen Elizabeth died, some 33 million people watched the announcement of her death. Many more will watch her funeral rites tomorrow. The queen is dead, and there is a new king. The reality is that the weddings, the funerals, and the coronations of kings and queens fascinate us. I'd like to make an argument that they should. Many of you know that Father Mann and I, besides holding the fact in common that we're both your pastor, we also studied at the same seminary. We both studied in the Vatican. I always like to make a quick distinction when people find out that I studied in Rome. Most people that study in Rome are chosen to go there because they're really smart. I think you've probably caught on that that was why Father Mayan was sent there. He is an unbelievably talented and intellectual man. I was sent to Rome because the bishop wanted me to get as far away as possible from Indianapolis, and that is the only reason. While I was studying in Rome, my classmates were some of the smartest men I've ever met in my life. Part of the experience of studying in Rome is whenever there is a break or classes are not in session, you are actually required to go and travel. The experience of studying in the Vatican is supposed to expose you to the universal church. So over Christmas or Easter or different breaks, we would travel. And my classmates were absolute nerds. So when we would go to Spain on pilgrimage, and we would go to daily mass, all of my classmates also spoke multiple languages. So they would just respond at daily mass with all the Spanish responses. We would go to mass in German, in Portugal, in Poland. They would be sit sitting there responding at mass. I was like, most people in America don't even know the responses. And you know them other languages. Well, I was delighted when we decided to go on pilgrimage to London. During the year 2000, they opened the Tower of London, and you were able to actually go into the Tower of London and pray where St. Thomas More was held in the Tower of London before being beheaded by King Henry VIII, who became the Pope of his own church. So, when we arrived in London, we went to our first daily mass. There is a custom in the entire country 
that after the prayers of the faithful, Lord, hear our prayer, Lord, hear our prayer, Lord, hear our prayer, that the entire congregation prays a Hail Mary asking the Blessed Mother's intercession. So here we are at our first daily Mass, and I am with my seminarian classmates, and we start the Hail Mary. And so I'm in London. So I respond. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. And I, my classmate next to me, like, literally jabs me, like, knocks the wind out of my... I'm like, what? And he goes, stop that. That's embarrassing. And I'm just like, this is insane. Like, I travel with you knuckleheads to all these other countries, and you slaughter their language with your English accent trying to speak Spanish and German, and I'm in my, I'm in London. I am going to speak. So the Mass continued. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of hosts. After Mass, they're like, Jonathan, that was absolutely embarrassing. I'm like, I sounded just like them. You're the ones who sounded like idiots. They said, you need to stop it. I was like, I am in Britain, and I will speak British. The reality is, is that we are fascinated by the royal family, and I believe that we should be. Royal weddings are one of the most watched events in history. Even in 1981, over a billion people viewed the wedding of Prince Charles, now King Charles, and Diana. Even more people watched the wedding of Prince William and Kate Middleton. Our gospel passage says this today. The children of the world are more prudent in dealing with their own generation than other children of light. People are fascinated by the things of this world. We as Christians are the children of the light. And my brothers and sisters, we are called to be excited about our king. Our responsorial psalm today said this, Who is like the Lord, who is enthroned on high and looks upon the heaven and earth? Let us never forget that our God has a throne, and his throne is on high, and he is a king. I'd like to make an argument today that every time that you come to Holy Mass, you are invited to a royal wedding, a royal funeral, and a royal coronation. Every time that you come to Holy Mass, you are invited to a royal wedding, a royal funeral, and a royal coronation. A royal wedding. Who is Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ is the second person in the Most Holy Trinity. We believe in a God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we believe that Jesus Christ himself is a wedding of all that is human and all that divine. Jesus himself is a wedding of humanity and divinity. And in every single Mass, Jesus Christ becomes present at this Mass, and we are ushered and welcomed into the wedding feast of the Lamb, where Jesus is the groom and we, his church, are the bride. At every single Mass, you are ushered and welcomed into a royal wedding. And the consummation of that wedding takes place right there, where you receive 
the body and blood of your groom into your body as the bride of Christ. The bride and the groom meet in the intimacy of communion and it brings forth life. And it is a royal wedding where the king is not a mortal, but the king is divine. A royal wedding, a royal funeral. Tomorrow, the world will cast its eyes on a coffin of a dead woman. She has been so dead that they have proceeded to process her body all over the United Kingdom. You right now are at the funeral of the king. Every Mass is known as the sacrifice of Calvary. Every Mass is the representation of Calvary. Our king dies. When the priest consecrates the bread and the wine, the priest does not hold bread and wine in his hands and say, this is his body and blood given for you, because that's a live man. The priest says, this is my body that is given up for you. And we adore the body of Jesus. Then he takes a chalice and says, and this is a cup of my blood. When you separate body and blood, you have death. The body of Queen Elizabeth has been processed and it will be buried and she will not rise again until the king, the only king, comes again. And when he comes again, we then believe that we will rise. Every Mass is the representation of the death and the resurrection of Christ. That's why we have a crucifix present at every Mass. Because we are at the funeral and the resurrection of Jesus. St. Paul, the author of our second reading today, also says this, When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death, O Lord, until you come again. A wedding, a funeral, and a coronation. The Mass is a coronation. When Queen Elizabeth took her last breath, when she breathed her last breath, King Charles became king at that very moment. And the reality is, is that Jesus is king right now. He is always king. Whether you choose to crown him or not, he is king. When we come to Holy Mass, it is a way that we crown Christ as king of our lives. Is Christ the king of your schedule? Is he the king of the way you talk? Is he the king of the way you spend your money? Is he the king of your heart, your home, your family, your life, your breath? We give ourselves to Jesus, and it is a way that we crown him and that we give him honor and praise and glory by our lives. We also do a holy mass by giving him the best. We use golden chalices and golden ciboriums and we plate our tabernacle in gold because he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. At Mass, we chant and we say that he is King.
as we crown him. We sang just a few moments ago in the Gloria, Lord God, Heavenly King. When we profess the creed with this family here, we'll say his kingdom will have no end. When our Lord is present upon the altar and we pray the Our Father, we'll say, Thy kingdom come. After the Our Father, we'll say, For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours. Many people are fascinated by royals' weddings, funerals, and coronations, and yet we as Christians approach a feast that is beyond all imagining. And yet it gets even better. Because this is not just about a king. They're known as the royal family. And so are you. In just a few moments, Elijah, after he's baptized, we will anoint the top of his head with chrism. Because we anoint kings as priest, prophet, and king. Why, out of all the men in England, is Charles king? Why? Because of a bloodline. Because of the blood that is in his veins. So whose blood is in your veins? By eating the flesh and blood of Jesus, the blood of the Son of of God, the blood of the King of Kings, and the blood of the Lord of Lords is in your veins. And thus you are part of the royal family. Do you live that way? Do we live that way? Do I live that way? That I truly am the son of a king? That you are the daughter of a king who's willing to die for you? The whole of the United Kingdom shut down when Queen Elizabeth died. Parliament stopped its work. Premier soccer league games were postponed. Why? Right now as we speak, people are waiting 24 hours to see the body of a dead woman. They honor an earthly queen. And yet we have a king who is eternal, who has triumphed over the grave. And we are invited to his wedding, his funeral, his coronation. The world is captivated by the royal family. My brothers and sisters, the world is called to be captivated by this royal family. And throughout the history of Christianity, we have captivated thousands. How many of us have been captivated by the stories of Mother Teresa, St. Francis of Assisi, St. John Paul II, St. Catherine of Siena, St. Joan of Arc, St. Teresa of Avila, St. Padre Pio. How many of us have been captivated by those who choose to live their royal birthright to the full? I myself have been captivated by so many Christians who have lived their faith and their life to the full that it's absolutely attractive. 
I've been captivated by my catechists, my pastors. I've been captivated by lay people. I've been captivated by other people on the side of the confessional, kneeling down, crying, and weeping bitterly. The desire of repentance in their hearts. The world is captivated by the royal family, and yet, my brothers and sisters, we are the royal family that must captivate the world. Do we live lives that are captivating? Do we live lives that inspire others? Let's pray that as we celebrate the wedding, the funeral, and the coronation of a king, we may live it and captivate the imagination of the world. Yes, God save the queen and the king, but long live Jesus Christ, the King of Kings. Amen.